Welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of the Make Sense with Ethan Spence podcast. Today, I am joined by a theologian, a professor at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. His name is Dr. Owen Strand. He is an expert on the topics of transgenderism, and he's written numerous books on sexuality. Dr. Strand, this is a, this is a real treat for me. Thank you so much for coming on. My joy, Ethan. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I just have a couple questions to ask you. So uh, let's just get right into this. So the first question is, uh, is there a difference between sex and gender? The reason why I bring that up is because I'm homeschooled, but I take dual enrollment classes. I'm in high school still. And at my secular college, uh, my professor ended up asking me uh, to define the difference between sex and gender. And he had presuppositions that there was a difference uh, in his mind. So I'm wondering, is there a difference between sex and gender? And can you biblically explain if there is or if there isn't? So, Yeah, good question. Um, I don't think that there is a hard and fast biblical distinction between sex and gender. No. Um, typically, sex refers to your physiology and your anatomy. And gender refers to the expression of your identity as a man or a woman or whatever else our culture recognizes as such. I I am fine with saying that there is a person's body and then there is the way a person presents themselves in public, for example. So anytime we would say, uh, a father like me would say to my son, my nine-year-old son, son, we got to dress like men. What I would be sort of saying is that we are men <laughs> physiologically, and then we need to operate as if that is true. Um, we need to wear, like, cowboy boots or something <laughs> like, like this, okay? Whatever it may be. Uh, and, uh, and so that is me saying we need to live out who we are. But I don't think that that then grounds and lays the foundation for a, a hard and fast distinction between sex and gender. Yes, a man has to act like a man. Uh, that's actually a biblical command. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 is act like men. But that doesn't mean you're justified in saying you have a sex and then you have a gender. Mm -hmm. I think it is, I think you're justified in saying you have to live out who you are, mm -hmm. which would be a much better way of saying it. And, and the way um, gender theorists of a non-evangelical kind would be taking that distinction and, and employing it is altogether not biblical. Mm -hmm. Just to act as if you have effectively your birth sex, your body, your anatomy, and then you have your brain sex, your inmost sense of your personal identity. That's not a biblical distinction. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, <laughs> to bring this little uh, discussion to a somewhat confusing close, um, we don't really want to affirm that there's a distinction between sex and gender. Mm -hmm. I don't affirm that. Uh, I recognize that I have to live out who I am, but I don't think there's a, a sharp line between the two. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Wow, thank you so much for that answer. It makes a lot of sense. God made us distinct with uh, complementary roles, um, that how we can function as male and female. That makes a lot of sense. So let's move on to the second question. What would you say to someone who says, I was actually born gay? It's how God made me. And then furthermore, they say, how could God punish me for something that he has created? Having in mind 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 and 10, 
which says no homosexual will inherit the kingdom of God. And then imagine that person went on to say, how could God punish me for something that he did? After all, isn't God love? What would you say, Dr. Strand? Yeah, people want to make sexual identity a protected class, basically, in spiritual terms. By that I mean, they want to say, well, I'm transgender or I'm gay, and I can't change that, and so that's something about me that can't be wrong. Hmm. It has to be right. In truth, being attracted to the same sex in a sexual way is a sin just like having a bad temper Hmm. from birth is a sin. I can't say I have the identity of um, a rage-induced person. Hmm. I'm drawn to rage, and that's my identity. It's even my orientation. Hmm. And so you Christians who are telling me to stop raging against people, perhaps raging against the machine, if you will, you are you are violating my personal identity hmm. because my identity is that of um, fiery-tempered person. I have a fiery temper orientation. There's no such shortcut in mm-hmm. biblical terms. Uh, there's no shortcut for telling lies. Mm-hmm. I don't have a truth misfiring orientation. Mm-hmm. I sin against God and break his holy law by telling lies. In the same way, a person who is attracted to the same sex or wants to cross-dress, gender bend, whatever it may be, doesn't have a sort of neutral orientation in sexual terms that gets them off the hook. They have the same problem every one of us has in numerous directions, being we are all sinful from birth. We're depraved. We don't do what is right. Uh, we, we disobey, dishonor, and do not worship God comprehensively as an unbeliever. And that manifests in, in tons and tons of ways for each of us. Now, when we get to the question of why God would have made me this way, we have a much broader set of questions, frankly, that in a podcast of this time, <laughs> time, time orientation, if I can use that term, yeah. we're not going to be able to hit. Yeah. But I'll quickly say... It is true that God has ordained all things, uh, and God oversees sovereignly all things, and God even appoints evil. Um, So, hey, here I am on this podcast affirming a strong conception of God's sovereignty Mm -hmm. and evil. But it is also the case that whatever God's role in things, I am a sinner. Mm -hmm. I am not able to transcend my creatureliness and become God Mm -hmm. and then make God wrong and me right, which is what the human heart wants to do. Instead, I have to play the ball as it has been placed on the field. And that means I have to accept and embrace the terms before me. I am a sinner. I can't make myself right. Um, I don't understand all the mysteries of divine providence. I'm actually not supposed to. I'm a creature. God is the creator. Mm -hmm. I have to either presuppose that God is perfectly good or horrifically evil. Mm. You don't actually have a spectrum of choices. Everybody wants to think there's a spectrum of choices. You have two choices. Mm-hmm. Either God is is good or he's evil. Okay, those are stark choices. If he is good, then I have to trust him. If I have to trust him, then I have to know that, yes, he has permitted me to have certain inborn sins, just like he permitted the fall, mm-hmm. but that he's just even in doing so. And in the, in the age to come, when I go to glory, I'll understand all of this. Mm. 
and, and I'll be able to fully affirm uh, his sovereignty, his, his wisdom in every facet of my life, not in forcing me to sin, because he never forces me to sin, but in permitting sin to enter the world. Absolutely. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much. God can't just uh, overlook your sin. He can't just dispose of his wrath. He did dispose of his wrath if you believe on him in the person of Jesus Christ. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much. So my last question here, um, it's something kind of more directed for me. I don't want to be like a selfish podcast um, guy, but what is one piece of advice you'd like to give to young saints like me who want to walk with God? Uh, my advice primarily would be feed on the Word of God. Don't take the Word of God lightly. Don't take Bible intake lightly. Um, we like to think of ourselves in 21st century terms as if we have our true self and then we have our behavior and our actions. We want to separate that. We were even talking about that earlier with sex and gender. That's basically that separation between my identity and then, or, or, or my biology and then who I actually am. Christians have no such ability to separate who we are from our actions. Now, we're not saved by reading the Bible uh, as if, if you have regular devotions, you're a Christian. But Christians are those who are saved by God and then have this hunger and thirst for righteousness. So my primary calling to you and others like you of your generation, men and women alike, would be to doggedly feed on the Word of God and build it into your life and see it as the, really see that as the major calling of each day, not to do something impressive or recognized by people around you. Your foremost task on a day-to-day basis, yes, there are going to be a few days every month where, you know, you may not, you may not be in your devotions, of course. Uh, there's different circumstances, right? Uh, get up early for a trip or something like that. But in general, you are, you are doggedly devoted to God's Word. And if you have that kind of pursuit, that, that is not a cure-all for all sin, mm-hmm. but that is setting yourself up well mm-hmm. to follow God, know God, have your sin exposed, and celebrate and worship Jesus Christ and all he has done for you through the cross and the resurrection. Absolutely. Wow, that is so true. Such advice. I mean, heaven and earth will pass away, but the word will not. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much. Uh, Any last words that you want to say? No, I I commend you for wanting to think carefully about these things. And those are sharp distinctions that you're you're being confronted with. Mm I guess I would just say in conclusion, what you're doing now, I know your father really respect your father as a Christian thinker, is exactly what you need to keep doing. This isn't something, by the way, for for theology geeks or nerds or something like that. This is what every Christian needs to do. We need to think carefully about Mm -hmm. the world we're in, and I would would just encourage you and your, your peers who listen to this to recognize that your fundamental task as a believer is not to show how Christianity is similar to unbelief, but Mm -hmm. distinct from it. Mm. And if you do that, uh, you're well on your way to, to the path of wisdom. Okay, now everyone listening, I highly encourage all of you, go check out Dr. Owen Strand's podcast. You can find it on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. It's called The City of God. It is very equipping, very inspiring, and very biblical and theologically sound. Please go check it out. Go give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and a follow on Spotify. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Make Sense with Ethan Spence podcast. I will uh, see you guys next time.